everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hustle Podcast. Yes, thank you so much. We do have a request though before we get started. If you have found our content to be entertaining or helpful, would you consider leaving us a review on iTunes? Those five-star reviews really help to make sure that our content gets out there and that our show continues to grow. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Pierce Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando, and we're on episode 349. Yeah. Did I, did I fly through my name? Like, did I just slur it? That's no, fine. Just, you know, want to make sure you've we're, been, we're landing been, smooth here. You've been accused of not enunciating your words. So, I mean, if you're going to, if you're not going to enunciate something, it might as well be your well, own. Well, I name. could say, and this is Orlando, because, you know, that's more enunciating. No, you you know. Anyways, <laughs> oh, here we go. Orlando. Um, All right, go ahead. Uh, All right. So, do you want to know what this episode is about? Yeah. So today we've got a uh, uh, one of our themed episodes for those of you who are new to Pure Hustle Podcast. Kind of the way we do things is every Wednesday we have our long form podcast, and we kind of alternate between themed episodes where we talk about a specific topic uh, related to reselling, and then the next Wednesday we will have an update episode where we're talking specifically about what's going on in our life reselling reselling news it's more of a general you know bolos things to be looking out for stories about you know customers and things we've sold uh so this is one of our themed episodes and uh what are we what are we talking about today i think we did one of these a while back and it's always good to refresh on items because we always have a nuanced look when it's been you know a year or two or three because the reselling space is changing but this is more dealing with the social media slash reselling slash your family slash everybody space. And what I wanted to talk about is being careful who you listen to. Because especially right now when things are, I would say, interesting in reselling, right? In the macro level, uh, you know, our economy is in an interesting place and that has an effect on all of us as resellers. And so I wanted to make sure we discuss, you know, if you're a reseller, be careful who you listen to. Whether it be their opinions about your business, whether it be their opinions about the business, just selling on eBay or Amazon, or whether it be about the ethics and so on. And so there's a bunch of things I wanted to talk about. But at first, I wanted to land on be careful who you listen to, especially when things are negative. So let me let me explain here a little bit. So right now, I would say if I Googled or YouTubed, you know, on the search eBay, right, eBay reseller or eBay selling I'm pretty sure a lot of the top results are slow sales, things are slow, how to fix slow sales and so on. And I I would say every day, if I ever wanted to, I could always find a video about eBay and how things are slow. Yeah. One of the number one things that kind of sells clickbait wise and, and just sells attention is negativity, right? That's one of the things that, you know, if you pick up any newspaper, doesn't matter what field you're in, uh, what type of politics you're into, kind of the doom and gloom. Things are awful. Things are really bad, especially if there's like a an enemy we can point to, like this is the reason it's their fault. Um, people like that stuff because one, it kind of validates their own experiences if they've had a negative experience. And um, it, it's just the negativity. It's like the misery loves company saying. And so, yeah, like tons of YouTube videos because they get so many clicks. YouTubers are incentivized to make those, right? So there's going to be a disproportionate number of videos discussing the negative aspects of certain things because that's going to get the attention. Yeah. And so what I've been noticing is, you know, obviously 
right now things are interesting. Like I said, I don't know what other word to, what other word to put it because you get the sense that well things are slow, so that just means I should just sit back and just ride the wave because things aren't going to get any better. But the reality is there's a lot of people that are successful right now. There are people right now pulling in better than Q4 numbers. It could be for various reasons. It could be because they're selling the right items. It could be because they have a large amount of items. It could be because, you know, they have a certain following and they're able to sell on eBay because they have people that are specifically looking for a certain niche that they sell. Right. So there's a lot of people having success. The problem is, though, is that the algorithm will feed you on YouTube and on social media when things are negative. And that's what you're just saying, because that's what gets the clicks. That's what gets people watching. And I want to be careful because, you know, I know people are struggling. I know it's tough. I'm not saying that, you know, everybody can win right now if you just did these certain things. If I said that, that I'd be a guru. I'm not a guru. But you also have to know that there are people right now that are doing pretty well. I myself, I'm doing I'm doing all right. I'm not doing next level, but I'm doing far better than I was four, four, four months ago or maybe even five months ago now. I, and the reason is I adjusted. I tweaked some things. I, I've adjusted my prices, ran sales. I've done what I could to be successful. And so don't get caught up in this whole, well, things are just slow. So I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing because there's nothing I can do to change it. Cause that's just not the truth. Yeah. Um, and that kind of goes into the next idea, which is, um, going back to, there's oftentimes an enemy. If we can point the finger at somebody else, it's not my fault. It's somebody else's fault. One of the easy ones to kind of blame is eBay. You know, we see all the time some of our best performing videos or YouTube <laughs> uh, or, um, you know, podcast is when we title it something like eBay's banned us, um, you know, or something because we're, we're responding to somebody's request of, you know, like I've experienced this. What do I do about it? And so we're, we're just discussing it. But we, we occasionally dip into the like, let's just see if like, will we get more views if we put this? And sure enough, like that's so the people like to point at eBay as the enemy and we Orlando is a pretty big eBay fan. I think there's a lot of good about eBay, but if you've been a long time listener of Pierce podcast, you'll know that I don't really hold back. There's a lot of negative, negative things about eBay that I feel. I feel like there's a lot of things eBay can do better. Um, I don't feel like they're the perfect company by any means. However, a lot of times eBay gets hate maybe that it doesn't deserve, uh, you know, things like eBay's throttling me or, um, and, and there may be reasons for that. I've, I've seen people say like eBay's throttling my sales. And then if you dig down into their store and it's like, well, you've got like four recent defects and you also are like berated this last customer. And, and yeah, but it was their fault. Okay. Well, it's kind of making sense why eBay would maybe, you know, you've lo been lowered on their kind of algorithm as far as you're not a reliable store necessarily to them. But nine times out of 10, it's, you know, you have a bad day in sales or a bad week. And it has nothing to do with eBay per se. It's just there's so many other factors. And so um, the hard part is you can only control the factors you can, can control. And maybe it is eBay. Maybe eBay's upset with you. I don't know. But <laughs> okay, let me interject here a little bit too. But what happens the next road is that people now start. Is it okay that I interjected? I just well, make you, sure. you already have. So <laughs> what happens is then you start down this rabbit hole of finding eBay hacks and you'll spend hours watching videos and listening to podcasts outside of hours looking for like that magic trick right because if, if as mike said like a lot of people want to blame ebay because you know it's easier that way right then then you don't have to reflect on your own items and what you sourced and where you're pricing and so what ends up happening is you waste a ton of time going well hey you know what if i 
change this if i end up you know it seems that with this new international shipping that's what's causing slow sales i'm going to turn them off or i'm going to make sure that you know promoted listings i think that's why i think i'm i'm you know whatever reason people come up with all these crazy theories and it's not based on any data it's just anecdotal it's like hey i talked to my two or three reselling buddies and they did this and they got more sales and then they do it and and they they will either say oh yeah it worked or they'll say yeah that's not it but you spend all that time when you should instead be listing and sourcing listing and sourcing don't get caught up in this whole like if i do certain hacks the only hack we know about do you know which one that is the list and sell similar yeah that's it right the end and sell similar i mean i i don't even know yeah end and sell similar. i don't even know if i would call it the only hack i mean a lot of the things that we talk about they're just good business practices mm-hmm. like running coupons making offers making sure your prices are competitive having high quality pictures so those are all technically hacks that are going to improve your sell uh, but yeah, the hard part is occasionally it's like we've all experienced and there have been instances where there's an eBay glitch and there's nothing you can do about that. And maybe somebody found out like, hey, this glitch happened. And if you have, you know, didn't have these types of information in here, then all of a sudden your your searches weren't coming up and here's how to fix that. So we're not saying that the, there's never an instance where there's some weird eBay glitch. But a lot of times, yeah, it's people saying like, hey, I didn't have any sales yesterday. And so then I turned off my international shipping and then I got three sales today. Therefore, that was what caused it. And it's like a false correlation there. And so then other people start to do it. And it's almost like, you know, the the people who say like, you know, I wear a certain you know pair of socks when the Bears are playing football. And if they score a touchdown, then I keep them on. But if they miss that, they don't convert or they have a turnover, then I change socks to this other pair because then they'll because I can't wear the one they didn't. And, and some, some people believe those things. And, and sometimes it's fun for people, those types of you know, superstitions, but the hard part is you can't let that stuff go into your business. And so maybe there is a legitimate hack, um, but nine times out of 10, it's just make sure you're doing good business practices and you're going to end up converting those sales. Agreed. Now, this one is not necessarily social media related, but it's, you'll, you'll hear this like, oh, you sell on eBay. Like how do you make a living? Or is that really a business? And and things have changed, right? From the early days of the podcast, if you hear, uh, you know, what we discuss in, in the early, early, I would say first 20 episodes, mm-hmm. there's a lot of moments where we would run into family members, especially me when I went full time, I'd have a lot of people calling me going, are you going to be okay? Like, are you looking for work? Are you trying to find another job? And you're going to hear a lot of people saying recently it's not a viable business. But the reality is it definitely is even resellers. Like if a reseller has had a bad experience, like I Mm, I work in a field like the teaching field where the turnover rate is just unbelievable right now. It's astronomical. And, and so, yeah, as a teacher, there's a lot of reasons why those teachers are having that, those feelings and they're getting out of the field. And I think everybody can relate to that to an extent. But if you're, if you think about it, it's the people who've had the most negative experiences mm-hmm. that are going to be, I'm out. This is awful. It won't work. And so the same thing is true for resellers. Like if a reseller, I had too much inventory and then I wasn't making my sales. And then, you know, because of that, then I, you know, whatever they, 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 all the things that go wrong. And then it's like, I'm out, I'm done with reselling. I wasn't making enough money. And again, some, sometimes people, you know, if they're on social media, they may be trying to get that following. They're trying to, again, spread that negativity because it gets clicks um, or they want that validation of other people like, yeah, I tried reselling back in the day. It was great. Now it's terrible. And so if you see that, if you're a new reseller and again, reselling is not for everybody. It's a lot of hard work and it's not it's not like a, hey, if you resell, you're going to make a ton of money. You, you've got to learn what you're doing. You got to do it right. You got to you got to it's not guaranteed that you're going to be successful, but 
it's the people who often fail or just say like, this isn't for me that when they come out and say like, yeah, reselling isn't really a thing anymore. Like it used to be a thing. And so if you're already kind of like on the fence, that stuff's just going to push you over into the negative side for sure. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And I want to take it one step further. Be careful who you listen to when it's those individuals that kind of have stepped away from reselling or this is the argument I still hear. Right. And, and even though the threshold had changed, remember the threshold at one point was anything under 20 K right. Doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be reported by eBay or Amazon, right. You have to self-report. Right. And you, you'll hear a lot of resellers saying, Oh, I got out of reselling because, you know, I, I didn't want to have to file or, or you hear a lot of resellers going, well, if if you just, you know, are just part time, you really don't have to do anything. And I would say be uber careful, like when you listen to those people, especially right now. I mean, we don't need to get into the whole thousands of IRS agents have been <laughs> hired, but you want to make sure that, you know, you you are doing what's right. If, if you do sell items and you, you know, you're a citizen of the United States and you agree to pay taxes that you pay taxes on those items. Right. And as much as listen, I can't stand taxes, I, I, I don't like legalized theft, but it is what it is. Right. And this is this is what we agree to. And so make sure you're careful, because especially I, a lot of old, older resellers, not older, like old in age, but people have been reselling for a long time. There were the glory days where it was just wild, wild west. Right. No, there was no sales tax on anything on eBay or Amazon. You know, you, you can go to the flea markets. You could, you know, sell on Craigslist and wherever. And and there really was no tracking of anything. Right. But so you got to be careful because some of some of those more experienced resellers will say, oh, you don't have to worry about bookkeeping, which I can't stand bookkeeping. But you don't have to worry about bookkeeping. You don't have to make sure that, you know, you have your deductions in place. But you do, because I, I guarantee you, if you ever get in a place and you don't have everything in order, you're going to be you're going to be in a mess and you do not want to be in that mess. Now, this does perfectly align with our discussion of my reseller genie here. And so uh, one of the great companies that we work with is my reseller genie. Uh, what they do is they help you bookkeep. You don't have to use an Excel spreadsheet. You don't have to, you know, hire a CPA. My re- well, you might. It depends where your business is at. But if you're like the everyday part-time reseller or you're, you may, you could be, I'm, you know, you could be a six-figure reseller. That doesn't mean that all of it's net profit, right? But how do you make sure you're getting all the right deductions? Make sure that, you know, you're calculating all your shipping that you spent over the year, your cost of goods. Well, My Reseller Genie helps you do that. And so if you haven't checked out My Reseller Genie, I encourage you to do so. Uh, go to the link below and use our code PureHustle, all in caps, and you'll get 15% off of the first month. And then you'll be able to bookkeep and make sure everything is on track. Yeah. All right. What about this next one? What are your thoughts on it? Reselling is unethical. Yeah. Um, we don't need to get into all of it. I think, yeah, we won't because uh, if you're interested in our take on that, we've got, you know, a couple of podcasts about that. Um, the reality is probably most resellers aren't running into these people or they're not looking for these people. Uh, but when I first started with, uh, the, the peer hustle podcast, and then we started doing Twitter, um, I remember like looking and I posted something on Twitter. And one of the first comments that we got was like somebody blasting us for like, stealing from the poor. Right. And then we talked tons about that, but that was like one of my first experiences. I'm like, wait, this person like sought this account out to like blast the fact that I bought something at a thrift store and I sold it. Like, this is weird. And now that kind of stuff rolls off our shoulders. And in fact, we don't actually get too much of that. Like occasionally get people, you know, hating on that, but it could be like people in your family, right? Like you post something on social media, just, you know, or you're talking at Thanksgiving 
and you're like, yeah, I bought this thing and I sold it. And you're going to get that comment like, oh, well, I'm glad somebody can profit off the poor, you know, or something like mm-hmm. that. They say something that that kind of is like a little jab at you. Uh, you you've got to realize, you know, again, without getting into all the detail, we've got episodes on it. It's just simply not true. And, um, you know, if you feel comfortable, you know what you're doing is right. You know, you're taking care of your family. You know, you are not actually, you know, taking advantage of anybody. Then then don't worry about what those people say. You're not going to make everybody happy. Uh, no matter what you do, you're going to be upsetting somebody. So just got to, you're, you're probably not going to be looking for those people and watching YouTube videos about people saying reselling is terrible, but you're probably going to hear a few people make those comments to you. And so you got to be careful to listen to them because that can make you feel like, even if it is not enough to convince you, it can irritate you. It can make you angry. It could frustrate you. It could ruin your day. And there's no point in that. Just let those people say the things they want to say and move on. And and the easiest, you know, I would say, come back on all of those always there have been millions that have been helped out of poverty because of reselling right how many resellers are in the social media space that have gone from food stamps to now being able to buy a house right plenty and on top of that there is so much out there right there's so much waste i mean check out our social media i post every once in a while you know the latest one was out in the country of chile there's like mounds and mounds of clothing that has just been dumped because there's nowhere to put it and no one's picking it up. No one's buying it. And, and there's millions of tons of clothing throughout the world and shoes and items that no one buys that no one picks up. And so there's plenty of excess. And so actually I would argue that there's a moral case for reselling. You can argue it for sustainability. You can argue it for people lifting their families out of poverty. You can argue for the fact that it's also providing avenues for those that don't have enough money to buy certain things, that now they can buy certain things. They don't even have to drive out if they don't have a car, right? They don't have a way to get to it. It can be shipped to their house. And so there's a lot of ethical reasons uh, for reselling. That's good. Now, this next one, I, I'm, I'm interested to hear your take here. So we've talked about this before. I don't know when we talked about this before, but the idea that there are YouTube channels that are reselling channels, but they're not resellers. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think the term for that a lot of times is just a grifter, a grifter. And there, oh, man, I wasn't even going to go there. Well, so there are, there are some that, that are legitimately grifters. And then there's some that, you know, like, Hey, like I'm a part-time reseller. Um, and I am able to talk about it some, and I, you know, I've got people who follow me on social media. If someone's doing something like that, I'm not, I'm not claiming that they're a grifter. In fact, that's kind of like me, like Rolando's full-time I'm part-time. I do not resell for a living. Most of our listeners or many of our listeners are far more active resellers than I am. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, so I'm not, but we always keep it real. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like we come into this, like, like to express and to think about things about reselling and our experiences and all of that. Um, so not to say that you've got to completely, you know, I resell more than this person. I'm not going to listen to them, but there are going to be some people who they are, they're going to jump from topic to topic. Maybe it's cryptocurrency. And mm-hmm. then now it's, now it's NFTs. Now it's reselling. Now it's, you know, this real estate thing. And now like they're just going to jump from thing to thing to thing. And wherever they can find a market of, Hey, I found some people who are going to give me some attention. Uh, because really at, at that point, like if you're, if you're following an account like that, they're capitalizing on their followers or the people who are watching them, they're using them for the money that they can get off ads or they're selling horses or whatever it is they're doing. So they don't even have to be reselling experts. They need to learn a little bit about reselling and then they, they, kind of sell it. So you, you kind of got to vet your sources. Um, and the, the reality is, again, there's nothing wrong with paying a good presenter. My thoughts on this is 
like teaching is a good example. Um, you know, you as an administrator have probably experienced this. You can hire somebody who's an expert in their field, like a scientist or a mathematician, and you put them in front of students and they just flop because they're not good at like presenting and expressing. More than I care to admit. Right. And then you could take somebody who's like, hey, this person's like, you know, good at math or science or English or whatever. Like they're not like I would never like claim that they're an expert, but they've got a way of presenting information and kids get it. And so there can be people on YouTube who maybe aren't or on social media who aren't experts at reselling, but they're good at presenting information. They, they, can, they can, and, 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 and so you got to differentiate even from that. Like there's going to be someone's like, Hey, this person's really good at taking this complicated concept and breaking it down in a way it can understand, even if they're not that great at reselling versus here's a person who's really good at marketing. And that's all they're doing is they're just marketing to me and they make it look like they know something, but I'm actually not gaining anything useful out of this. I'm, I'm actually, they're presenting me things that is not going to help me. And so you've got to delineate the, between the two of those because there are going to be YouTubers and social media people who are, their whole goal is to just get you sucked in thinking, Hey, if I, if I pay X amount of money for their course, or if I keep watching these YouTube videos, but they're really not saying anything. I've, I've seen some TikToks of like, um, there's like one example of like a guy, it's like kind of a comedy thing where his whole thing is like, be a man. And like, he'll say oh, something yeah, that's like that completely yeah. unhelpful. It's like, don't let people tell you what to do. Uh, tell yourself what to do. Be a man. And it's like, just like random. It's like every piece of advice. And it's like a joke thing. It's like everything. It's like unhelpful. And that's how a lot of those people are. Like they, they say something, but when you like really dig down into it, it's like, you didn't really say anything. So be careful with who you're listening to. Cause there's going to be some of those social media people who they're making money off of you, not reselling. And maybe they're not even giving you any information to help you with your reselling. And it's wild because sometimes they claim to be an authority. Like, you know, I've sold, you know, I've been selling, you know, for a while, whatever. And you go to their store and like, they've sold maybe like 200 items. Right. Or, or they've, you know, they've been on eBay for only so long of a time. And so you, you really got to be careful. Now, like you said, I, I think with reselling, the barrier of entry isn't that difficult and the learning curve on eBay. I don't think it's that much of a climb. I think to scale it is, but to initially start just to find what's at thrift stores and what's at garage sales. I don't think there's a huge learning curve, uh, but there, there's a lot to learn. Right. And so you just got to be careful. Now I will say, and I've, I've noticed this more and more. There is staging that happens. And I thought about this. And so what, what do I mean by staging? So sometimes you'll watch somebody like, let's say on TikTok or on Instagram Reel or on a YouTube and they end up at the thrift store and there's like this amazing find. Like they find like 20 uh, vintage 3D emblem Harley Davidson shirts. And I'm like, wait a second, 20 of them? And then I start looking, I'm like, wait, but there's no price tags on any of these, right? Or, or something like something doesn't match up. Right. And I can tell you, maybe, maybe I'm not a great reseller. Maybe I'm not great at sourcing, but I know plenty of people that have been reselling for a while and I myself have sourced and you're not going to get grails every single weekend. There are some individuals that I watch and they don't even show when they source. They just go, oh man, today was crazy. Yeah. I went to this barn and look at all this I found and they start laying out everything that they found. And I'm like, there's just no way. Now I could actually get away with doing that right now. Yeah. I have so much inventory. If I wanted to, I could just find a tote and I could go like, Oh, today I went to this thrift store and look at all these things that I found. It's very easy. Yeah. And see, that's, I think that's one of the things like with PRSL podcast, right? Like we occasionally we have people who like, you know, you need to, you know, give us more like, you know, what's selling, what you're sold, like, um, like items, 
you you give a lot of like vague things or but pure a podcast we've never like tried to present a story that wasn't true right like mm-hmm. and a lot of times because we're going week to week like we're doing an update episode back in the beginning it was every week there was an update episode now it's every other week so there's times where it's like here's our update like went to some garage sales it was terrible found this like 20 dollar <laughs> item uh or every once in a while it's like I, I scored really big um but i think that's what makes us real um and and that's not what's always exciting though. So people who listen to us know like, Hey, if you're listening to us, you're going to get the reality of reselling. And occasionally we hit it big. That's why one of the reasons we do the hustles of the week is it's like, we recognize, Hey, we're not always scoring big, but somebody is. So we'd like to like share, you know, their, their successes. So our mm-hmm. listeners are still getting something. Um, but there's not always a big thing, but a lot of times, yeah, even, even YouTubers that I like, I respect and I value. Sometimes you watch and you're like, really another crazy fine like that. Like, Wait, again, another, you're putting out two or three videos a week. And it seems like every video, it's like, look at what I found. And it's like huge grail items all the time. And you start to wonder like, is this just for the clicks? And and is this maybe something you found like months and months and months ago? And now you're making content on it because you're, but yeah, you're presenting it in a way like, yeah, I was at this store. I don't know. So it's, it's tough because there are going to be some that, that are, are real, like you said, where it's like, these are things we've sourced. I'm going to talk about it. But yeah, if we wanted to, we could easily stage stuff. We could stage garage sales. We could talk about things we picked up. I could just find expensive things that I own and say, look what I found today. And that kind of stuff does get lots of traction. And maybe there's value to it. Like, I mean, there's sometimes like I'm uh, as cheesy as it is, like when I need to like get back on like my diet or my, my fitness plan or uh, I'm trying to wake up earlier, I'm trying to focus more at work. Sometimes listening to the cheesy TikTok, Insta real people who are like, get out of bed, go to the gym. And it's like, I know this stuff is cheesy, but like, maybe that's just the motivation I need. So maybe if you're watching those guys and you recognize like, Hey, this is probably not real, but like, yeah, I can still learn like, Oh, that's a cool item. I'll be on the lookout for that. Just know what you're getting. Cause sometimes you can get those false expectations of man, I should be scoring like that every single time. Look at this person on YouTube. Who's a reseller. Every time they're, you know, they make a new video every week and they're finding thousands of dollars worth of stuff all the time at the bins or at this. And I never find it like that. There's a possibility that what they're, what they're presenting isn't real. Yeah. And, and there is another side to it. So for example, I, I was a big fan of American pickers when I was on the history channel mm. and they always had major scores. They always had really cool finds, but the reason being is that they were very popular. And so they would have people reaching out to them all the time. Hey, would you come over and pick over here? Would yeah. you come over and pick over here? And they probably had people who'd go out and look ahead of time and say, yeah. this is worth going. This they is would not, go vet yeah. it and make yeah. sure. And so, and, and I have the same scenario where I get people that contact me. I would say at least once a week, I get some kind of contact about something. Uh, and uh, there's two reasons I don't show it all the time. Uh, one is it ends up being nothing. <laughs> right. And the other time is, you know, as a reseller, as it being my main business, I'm not going to go out there and, and proclaim every single connection that I have and, and hurt my own business, yeah. which kind of leads us to the next one uh, where some individuals are more YouTubers than they're resellers. And so, for example, you know, Mike and I, we go out and source and, and we're careful about what we source, right? We're not just dropping all kinds of money, but sometimes you'll see somebody on YouTube and you know, you're watching, you're like, did they really spend all that money or why didn't they negotiate at all? Why didn't they bring the price down? And you start watching this stuff and you're like, this is kind of interesting. And the reason being is they're making so much revenue on that video, which I'm not against. I think it's great. I think it's awesome. But the revenue that they make on their YouTube is more than the revenue that they would make from the sales of those items that they picked up. 
Yeah. So um, we gave, we had an episode where we talked about this and a lot of people were very grateful because we didn't go into every detail like money wise, but you know, just to give you an idea. Every YouTube ad sense, the amount of money you can get is different based off of the type of content you make, how long your mm-hmm. contact is, all of that. But you know, just as like a, a, just a rough estimate. And, and again, I'm not saying any specific YouTubers making this amount because it could be way more, it could be way, way less. But you know, if you've got 20, 30,000, 50,000 views per episode, you could easily be clearing $500 to $1,500 for that video. So think about that. If you know you're going to get $1,000 for a video that you make, maybe it's only 600, right? Like whatever the number is, like if you know you're going to get that, then you've got no problem going to, yeah, a garage sale or a thrift store and saying like $300 for all this stuff. And then you make the video about the stuff that you bought, knowing that like the other $700 you're going to make off the video. And then maybe you sell a few of those things and you might just toss the rest of it because like, hey, I just bought this for... So yeah, they don't, they're not negotiating because it's not really... They're not worried about listing and selling all those things. Or a lot of times they'll bulk all those things that they bought and then sell them to their followers or the people who watch. Like they have people who say like, hey, I bought all of this stuff. I got a pallet worth of stuff I bought. Does anybody want it? And and so just recognizing that. And again, there's nothing wrong with it because you can still learn. Like you can watch those things and learn like, hey, that's useful. That's not. But if somebody's going into it and they're not, they don't have to vet things as much. They don't have to worry about like, is this actually going to sell? Is this a long tail item? Like what's the sell through rate on this thing? I can show you a comp on it, but are they selling right now? Whereas like Orlando and I kind of have to say like, okay, if I pick up this item and it sits for three years and I spent, you know, a hundred dollars on it, you know, I'm not buying that thing to make $800 on a, on a YouTube video. I just can't do that. So it's not worth it for me to do that. So um, just be careful because you might be getting, some information that's a little bit skewed in a direction that's not actually going to be helpful for a reseller. Like a real reseller probably shouldn't pay that much for that item um, because they're not going to make that kind of money or, you know, all those things. So just recognizing that again, there's nothing wrong with the people doing that all, you know, good for them for being able to, to capitalize on that and make a, you know, good content that people want to see just is, you just always got to know, like if you go into it knowing like, Hey, there is a slant to this, or there's maybe like a little bit of information that, that I should be taking into consideration when I watch this. And maybe it doesn't impact it at all. Maybe you watch it and you go, hey, he picked up good items at a good price and I learned something. Who cares how much yeah, he makes off yeah, of it? True. Great. Um, but just know like, is it really worth that though? Would I have paid that for that? Because that makes a difference. Like I even think of shows like the uh, the Storage Wars, right? Yeah. If you're if you're one of the top people on Storage Wars and they tell you like every episode, we're going to give you a thousand dollars that you can use to bid on a, a storage locker. Well, that changes everything. If you're going to a storage locker and you're, it's not your money, you're like, whatever, you know, 600, 700, 800, thousand dollars. Cause it's not costing you anything for that storage unit. Whereas if that was your money, you might've been like, yeah, maybe 400 is max I'd pay for that. So it kind of skews what things are worth. So you just, you never know. You gotta be, you gotta be careful when you watch those things. It's just information that knowing will help you determine, is this a source that I can actually learn something from, or maybe there's some things that I need to kind of filter. Yeah. And don't undervalue your knowledge. You might be at a place that you know better than a lot of the YouTubers. Uh, you know, even, even it's a funny story. Remember, do you remember that story where I ran into somebody from storage wars at a garage sale yep. and I ended up scoring better than they did. Like they missed out on an item that I paid 50 bucks and I sold it for 400 plus, which is something they probably could have gotten more for because of their audience, mm-hmm. uh, which leads to our, our next point here. There's a lot of resellers that are very effective because of their social media presence. Right. If they were if they're on their own and trying to run, run a whatnot auction, probably probably be a struggle. Right. And again, I, I, I'm not seeing this in negative light. I'm just I want to warn you, like somebody had said uh, on our discord actually today 
Uh, somebody had commented that I'm going to start a whatnot, but I know it's going to be a grind because I don't have a social media following. And I, I, I was like, wow, that's awesome that they recognize that because you can get caught up in this whole like, oh, I'm going to go on whatnot. And then you do one or two auctions or three auctions and there's only like 10 people, you know, in the room and you're not selling ads for very much. You're like, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. Well, it's going to take time. Right. Because there are some people, you know, that, that have been in the reselling space for a long time. They have a huge following and they'll have thousands uh, in their in their, you know, whatnot auction room uh, virtually. And not only that, there are some people that will buy things just to know that they bought something from that reselling influencer. Yeah. Right. So they're paying they're paying because of that person. They're not paying because of the item. Yeah. So again, so that just makes us you can't compare yourself like look at how much you know, this person makes on, on whatnot. Um, I'm not successful if I don't make that much, or I'm going to be able to make that much too. Look at how well they're doing on this. And yeah, like Orlando said, I think a good example is just think of any celebrity, right? Like if I don't know, LeBron James decided he was going to do a whatnot and he was just selling random stuff. Here's duck decoys. Yeah. Here's duck decoys. Here's beanie babies. I have my house. He'd be able to just blast it on social media. There'd be millions of people who'd be watching. People would be buying just to buy from him. And so if you base yourself, like, well, look at how much money you can make selling beating babies on whatnot. I'm going to, oh, I'm going to go terrible. all in on. So we like in, in the extreme examples, I think it's easy to say like, well, yeah, obviously. So now let's, let's bring that down into the more realistic, which is, Hey, here's a person who's kind of a, you know, social media celebrity for reselling. Even if it's like somebody like Gary Vee, who's like, they, they got their other thing, but they're also kind of in the social or in the reselling field. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you see somebody like that, where it's like, this person has hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube. This person has, they're going to have a little bit more success with those things than the average person is just because of that. So just consider that and, and and know that there's nothing wrong with that again, but you got to, when you watch those things or they tell you like, here's how to be successful on whatnot. Well, unless they started a ghost account where they started from nothing and they weren't pulling their followers in. Yeah. I mean, they could say like, have a big social media following. Yeah. Well, that's, that's years and years and years, plus a whole other skill set involved in the process of that. It's funny you bring up Gary Vee because years ago, for marketing purposes, I bought some Hot Wheels and Matchbox oh, cars. Yeah. Remember? What was the story behind that? Did you end up selling them? No, they're still on our EV oh, listing. Man. But, you know, I, I at that time, Gary Vee was pretty popular in the reselling space. And so I got into a bidding war with somebody. I don't remember how much I paid. It was probably like $200. And they're probably like worth like, 10 bucks. Yeah. That's right? a good example though, right? Yeah, like, so yeah. somebody could, so he could say like, look at how easy it is to flip on, on eBay. And it's like, yeah, well, when people are buying this stuff from you, cause they want to buy it from you. Yeah. So I thought, I thought, Hey, I bought this. I even clipped his social, uh, his, uh, ad free orders. I think it was an Instagram or YouTube. It was a YouTube part of his trash talk series. I clipped it and it's one of the videos on the eBay listing mm-hmm. that it was what he, what Gary V had picked up. Obviously it just didn't work out. Right. And so it became a business expense and we counted it as a loss. And maybe one day it'll sell and we'll tell us. Because remember, I wanted to tell a whole story about it. Right. I want to say, hey, we bought this from Gary Vee. We sold it for a thousand dollars and, you know, all that. But it just never went anywhere. So anyways. All right. Hey, speaking of social media, if you haven't been following us on social media, we are Pure Hustle Podcast on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. We are Pure Hustle Cast on Twitter. As always, you can leave us a phone call, uh, 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. Or shoot us an email at purosapodcast at gmail.com. That's purosapodcast at gmail.com. And if you're listening to a podcast and you've never caught our YouTube videos, jump on over, hit that subscribe, hit that bell notification, and smash that like button. 
button. And as always, grateful for all the iTunes reviews. Uh, we're in the 700 Club. We're hoping to get to 800. My goal is to be like at 1,000 by Q4 of iTunes Ooh, reviews. That's a lot of iTunes reviews. I know, but I, I like to reach for the search. So if you haven't yet, jump on over, <laughs> click that five star, and let people know why you enjoy uh, the podcast. And last of all, before I move on, uh, thank you to all of you that support us on Patreon uh, by paying five fifty five a month to help us, uh, you know, get equipment, uh, what, you know, all the different expenses that go into making the podcast every single week. And so I want to say thank you to all of you. And if you want to help support us, you also get the bonus of uh, being in our discord, which is a great place for a conversation amongst resellers about all kinds of things from bolos to hustle the week to uh, shipping, to going full-time, all kinds of uh, items that are even including memes. So jump on over to patreon.com slash peers of podcast. Go to the link below and uh, help us out. Yeah. So are you ready to talk about some great scores? Come on, hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. Yeah. Hustle of the week. All right. Our first one comes from uh, Relay. Raleigh. 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 Uh, Instagram handle at the endless thrift, the dot endless dot thrift. Love that name. Is a repeat? I think this is like his third one. Yeah. Uh, so found this vintage new old stock Seiko quartz watch at a Seiko 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 quartz watch at a wealth estate sale several months back for $60. It was purchased new for 295 back in the early 1980s, uh, but it was never worn. Uh, so uh, this guy has sold a lot of Seikos in the past, uh, but finding one in this condition is a grail. Uh, so sure enough, the watch sold within three days of listing to a collector for $500. Nice. So from $60 to $500. And that's one of the rare times when, uh, you know, an item actually uh, appreciates in value. Most of the time you buy something and it depreciates unless it's a collectible. So again, it goes to show these uh, Seiko watches are valuable. And in fact, there's collectors after them. Uh, sixty dollars to five hundred. That is a hustle of the week. And it's a and it's a digital watch. I want to make sure people understand. Like it's not like the everyday Seiko. Because I, when I was a kid, I I had a Seiko watch, and I thought I was pretty cool with my Seiko watch with the gold band, but it wasn't worth very very much. Uh, but yeah, they. So let me give you the exact title. So it was a vintage new old stock Seiko Japan A one five nine dash five zero one nine dash G LCD chronograph calendar quartz watch. Yeah, I don't know if you needed to go into the whole model number, but <laughs> I you know, hey, I appreciate it anyway. Yeah, I just didn't want people out there like, oh, there's a Seiko. I better look this up. Yeah, look like, it up. There you go. Look, look it, it up. up. There you go. Look, all look right. it all up. So this comes from my Elsinore uh, picker from the Discord, which I, I think we just recently had one. I messed up on this one, but I thought it was so good. I thought we should share. Uh, so said that, you know, they love yard sales uh, and stated, just never know what you'll find. Never seen one like this in 10 years of yard sales. Had to look it up. Uh, the individual at the yard sale wanted $40. They negotiated down to 35 and sold within 24 hours a CM Shopstar 300 pound. 300. Is that <laughs> 300 pound electric chain hoist? Okay, so it's a chain hoist up to 300 pounds. Oh, it's not 300 pounds. Uh, and lift uh, single phase for $600 plus ship. That's crazy. And and if you look that up, 
Like that's something I would have just passed up. Like I'm not big on tools. I know you made a whole video yeah. on tools because there's a lot of money to be made. But uh, you know, it never hurts to be curious. Sometimes you've talked about thirty five dollars to six hundred, man. That's the way to go. And you can't beat that. Yeah. Our, our next one comes from Tim. IG handle at Tim Flips on Instagram with two M's. Two M. Uh, a few weeks back, I stopped at a sale that didn't look that great. The family decided to wait in the car. I came back uh, with these Pokemon cards from 2008 and some unopened Yu-Gi-Oh! First Edition booster packs. Nice. It was 11 a.m. on a Saturday. That's crazy. Yeah, that's that's like way past golden hour. I was shocked that they were still there. Paid $10 and sold a 2008 Diamond and Pearl sealed tin for $800 plus shipping. Man, 2008, like I know that's like a long time ago, but like th- that was like... Pokemon had been out for a while. Like yeah. this isn't even like yeah. first edition Pokemon. Like yeah. when you're talking diamond and pearl, I mean, it's sealed. It's still old, but man, I'm thinking back to like, I, I played Pokemon back in the early 2000s. So the fact that 2008 Pokemon, it's crazy. It's still going that big. Um, but man, what a deal. 11 a.m. on a Saturday. Jeez. I I always pass up Pokemon. Now I'm like, okay, if it's sealed, I need to take a look. Wait, you're still passing up Pokemon? Well, so I have that video that we have on YouTube where I did pick up Pokemon, but there's so like I I feel like there's so much Pokemon out there that sometimes I just won't even look. You know what I mean? You got to learn it. Like it's, I mean, it's like Hot Wheels. Like yeah, once true. you once you know it, once you know what you're looking for, then you just you know you can quickly go through and be like trash, 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 trash. Ooh, that's worth five hundred bucks. Trash, trash, trash. See, I'm not there yet. Yeah. So, but it's worth it, right? I mean, I'm not necessarily saying it's worth doing, but if you're running across it often then it's worth learning. Okay. Yeah. And, or if you get it for a super low cost, oh. like that YouTube video I made, I paid $5 and I have hundreds of dollars of Pokemon cards. That's great. I haven't done anything with them. Come on, man. Sell them. Flip them. Do your I thing. I haven't even, anyways. Um, all right. Uh, hey, so I'll share my hustle of the week first. Uh, so back in the, when we had that situation in 2020, when, when no one could leave their homes, we were all stuck trying to figure out how to source. And we had encouraged people, if you caught those episodes, it's kind of interesting. People on the Discord talk to us about listening to the the journey, right? They start with our first episodes in 2018. Then they hear us talking about the lead up to the situation. Then what's going happening yeah. during the situation, right? Yeah, that'd be a trip, like kind of listening through like people trying to like, I mean, I remember we were like, uh, man, one of our listeners sent in uh Send in some hand sanitizer. This stuff. Yeah, like that's gold. right. We like I couldn't get my hands bit. on any. We use like a, use a little bit on the yeah. podcast, and like now it's like oh my gosh! Like literally, I cleaned out my classroom the other day. It was another like, re- yeah, hundreds of bottles of, of of hand sanitizer. So yeah, just kind of a funny thing of like how situations change and like what's what people are really concerned about and, and passionate about and willing to spend money on. You know, it was. Well, I just I just remember when I would do Instagram stories before like the major shutdowns happened, and people were like, "Be careful out there." Don't want you to die. And I remember I was out there on my mask sourcing. I felt like walking dead kind of like it was just it was an interesting time. So anyway, during that time, I had begun to source really well on eBay. So if there's ever a situation where you can't source because you can't leave the house or your car broke down, or whatever, eBay is a viable option. Mercari, Poshmark, all the e-commerce platforms. So I started going on a, on, on a binge and I just bought buckles upon buckles upon buckles. I, I probably bought over a thousand buckles within, I think, like two or three weeks. I just kept buying because people were offloading. Right? People were just 
I don't know for whatever reason people were selling them for cheap. So I paid on average, I would say if you do the average of all the buckles, I probably paid three dollars a piece. Mm. At most, at most. Some deals I got, I remember one I bought 50 buckles for it was like $50 free ship or something. It was crazy. So, anyways, I've had these buckles for a long time. And I've been telling you guys I, I'm really trying to get my active numbers down and my sold numbers up. And so now if if I get a decent offer, like I will, I will accept that offer, right? I'm not talking about under 50%. I'm not talking about any crazy numbers. I'm talking about decent numbers. And so what ended up happening is uh, somebody had messaged me and they said, Hey, by the way, if I buy multiple of these, will you do combined shipping? And buckles are so easy to ship, mm -hmm. right? I charge $4 per buckle when I ship. And so if somebody buys 30, I can maybe put them all in a padded flyery for eight bucks. No. Right. So this individual, they kept offering. They only, you know, they only took off six dollars off of each buckle off the price I had. And, and I ended up selling 10 buckles. Now, remember, I only paid like three dollars for each of these. So I, I sold all 10 buckles for one hundred ninety eight dollars plus ship. Right. And all I was into these buckles is maybe $30, maybe. And, and by the way, I already profited in all of this. I already made hundreds of thousands of dollars of all these buckles. And so anything from this point forward is just profit. So, hey, be willing to offload that stuff that maybe you picked up during that scenario when you were sourcing on eBay, uh, because, you know, you want to get that cash flowing. And I see that as a hustle of the week uh, because I was just willing and able to sell. And so I had a good price and made a decent profit. So I like it. There you go. What's your hustle? Uh, so this one is I haven't actualized the profit on it yet, but uh, it, it's a hustle because I took a bad situation. What seemed like a bad situation. I turned it around to what I think okay. is going to be a win. So um, I'm cleaning out my storage and I'm selling stuff. And I went to the swap meet and I'm trying to offload a bunch of stuff. And I have this bin, this kind of junky looking bin that I bought all of these slot car tracks in. And there were some cars in there and I sold the cars when I got the the, the bin of stuff because that was like the easy things to sell. Like I didn't have any, like I'm sure there's complete sets, but they're all just like individual stuff. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like I had a box of like, here's a this set. So there's some cars that I sold. I'm, I'm more than broke even on the cars or made money because I, I think I bought all these slot car tracks for relatively inexpensive. I don't know, 10 bucks maybe for the I big I think tail. I remember when you sourced yeah. these. Um, and I, I I'd previously had already sold slot cars. So, I, you know, I knew there was value here. Then I've got this tote full of the just the tracks. And I'm like, man, what am I going to do with all these? And so for whatever reason, at the time I looked them up, I think I was like, man, there's some money here, but this is going to be a lot of work. So it's just sat in my storage unit for a long time. And then as I'm getting rid of stuff, I'm thinking, all right, if I'm going to bring this tote with me or put it in a new tote and, and it's going to be a lot of work, like I'm yeah. just going to try and offload it at swap me and just whatever happens, happens. I've already made my money off of these. And I had so many people like walk up and look through them and be like, you got any cars in there? And I'm like, nope, <laughs> no cars. Oh, okay. And then they walk away. Um, and then, so I take it, you got to take everything from the swap meet home. I'm ready to throw them away. I'm like, I'm just going to look up one more time. Like what the tracks go for, what the, oh, what the, the controllers like go for. Going. And it's, so the brand's Tyco. So it's a decent brand. And I'm looking up and based off the way mine are set, like I've already got like the long 18 inch or I think they're 18 inch ones, maybe they're longer of the straight pieces. And I've got like 30 of them. And then I've got a bunch of like curved pieces and I've got a lot of the like banked tracks that like you have to have the the pillars for and there's like banked ones and there's like a, like a one with like a loop. And so I've got like all of these like pieces. And if I break them into their individual chunks, like here's, you know, 20 straight pieces and here's 20 curved pieces and here's a set of banks and i've got a bunch of rails like even just the rails that go around the sides those sell for a ton of money 
the 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 controllers with the power pack if it's Tyco because there's other brands of slot car those sell for good money. I'm like I'm kind of doing the math just on my head as I'm looking this stuff up and I'm like there's like three to four hundred dollars in here. <laughs> and I was if somebody ready, could have picked up for ten bucks. I was probably. ready to offload it for ten dollars. And so again, it was like I did initial research probably a couple of years ago when I picked these up of like oh that you know I'm going to make money off these cars. I'll probably take some time to sell these tracks or some money here. To this is a lot of work. I don't want to do it. To in my head, it was like, it's definitely not worth the whatever, maybe hundred bucks I'm going to make off of this, this tow doing the work. Now I'm like, I'm looking at probably three to $400 and really not as much work as I thought because mm-hmm. none of them were organized. It was just literally like this tote full of just like the pieces everywhere. And then once I like lined up all the straight pieces and then I lined up all the, it took me like five minutes to do as I was getting ready to throw these in the trash. I'm like, this actually is a lot of pieces. They're already pretty well organized and uh, there's money here. So hustle the week because I took what was originally what I thought was a good purchase to I was ready to throw it out to no, no, it was a good purchase. I'm, I'm going to do well on this. So, yeah, it's funny you bring that up because lately I've I, I take apart all my railroad sets now. I used to take the time and like set them up and take pictures. I'll just sell the rails. I'll just sell the, uh, you know, the engine. Uh, I just did that with the Thomas the train. Like I had this huge haul of Thomas the train stuff. And there's this one piece. I didn't know what it was. It just had four posts. So I put Thomas the Train wooden railway four post corner piece. And guess what? It sold within like five hours. It wasn't a big money. It was only 10 bucks, but I already made my money on the whole haul. So it you just never know. You just never know, you know? So, all right. Hey, thank you everyone for sharing your hustle of the week. Uh, always feel free to call us or shoot us an email too if you want to share your hustle of the week and follow that hashtag hustle of the week on Instagram. That's right. All right. Hey, uh, before we move on, uh, one of the companies has always been good to us and always been reliable. And uh, we we shared this on our re- recent money, money, mini sode about promoted ads about uh, American Ball Boy and their tape. So we've recorded this a little earlier, but they may be sold out by now. But if they're not sold out, there's still some tape available. And if you use our code Pure Hustle, you'll get 5% off of the tape. And it is the best deal of tape out there. And it's, you know, it's American Ball Boy. They're reliable. They've been good to us. And they've always had great shipping, you know, free two-day shipping, next-day shipping, and so on. So if you haven't yet, uh, check out American Ball Boy, the most honest company right now in bubble wrap. If you want to catch that episode or that minisode, why we say that, make sure to check it out. Uh, but uh, go to American Bubble Boy via the link and use our code Pure Hustle for 5% off that tape. Yeah. All right, let's talk about uh, our last section here. The gurus. The gurus. Being careful about listening to the gurus. That's right. You really got to be careful with the gurus. Um, again, it kind of goes back to some of the earlier stuff we were talking about. Like some people will be negative and they're trying to get, uh, you know, uh, a following. Some people are, you know, YouTube experts, but then you got the gurus who are kind of like a mix of all of these things. And, and these are the, these are the ones who are really a lot of times doing the grift thing where they're more than anything, they're trying to sell a course and there is nothing wrong. Again, I, I hate that. I feel like I'm qualifying everything I'm saying, but I don't want to upset anybody because there are legitimate people like I would be willing to pay money to have somebody like coach me on something or to look through my store on something. If, if there's like an expert in a field, like athletes have coaches, people there, there's definitely reason to buy a course, maybe fast lines that your learning process, all of those things. But then there are some people who their sole purpose in life is to get a following as fast as they can and whatever it is, sell the course. And that a lot of times the course that they're selling is based off of old information. They're not necessarily legitimate resellers who are currently reselling a lot. 
I mean, honestly, we could do it. I mean, it would almost be interesting to do. Otherwise, it would ruin our brand. But we could almost run an experiment. It's like, hey, let's go. Let's YouTube, you know, something like about whatever topic. We'll make a quick course on it and then we'll try and sell it. And and that's what some people are doing is is the information that they might be pulling um, might be information from a couple years ago. You know, how to get ungated on Amazon, how to do this, how to. And they sell this course and you get it, and maybe it's really not that great, but by the time you could complain about it, they've already got a ton of money from a bunch of people, and then they moved on to the next grift, whatever it is. So you really gotta be careful and figure out if you're gonna be spending money. I mean, we have a Discord, right? Like we have a patron mm-hmm. that people pay for Discord, and we've never promised like, hey, you join, and you know, but in this amount of time, you're gonna 10X your store, and you're gonna make this. So a lot of times it's when the when the promises are too good to be true. If you pay me X amount, I'm gonna show you how to get ungated in this, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that a lot of times it's it's not right. And the reason why those things can work is because there are people who are worth some money. Like, hey, like I could help you out, but my time is valuable, right? Like there's certain things like I've learned as time has gone. People ask like, hey, can you help me with this? Like I'm trying to start a podcast. Can you help me with it? And if it's a close friend, I might be like, yeah, sure, let me show you. But otherwise it's like, you know, like, yeah, I could probably help you, but it's going to take me like, you know, probably a good 10 hours to like mm-hmm, walk you through mm-hmm. the setup and the stuff and whatever. And, you know, I don't have that time. And if you want to like, you know, pay for that time like that. This is about how much I would charge for that. Otherwise, I don't have time to do it because I can't run, you know, charity for everybody. So there are people who are worth paying money for things, but a lot of times it's like way too good to be true. If you pay me this, I'm going to teach you how to start Especially a podcast. If they're brand new. You're going to be making millions of dollars in next six figures on your podcast in the next six months. If you, if that's what Pure Hustle Podcast was selling, right? Like then, you know, we're just a grift. Yeah. And I'm going to sound like an old man saying here, but when I see this, but I see a lot of youngsters on TikTok, they're like 18, 19 and they're talking about Amazon FBA. They're talking about uh, eBay and you can be, you know, top tier. I'm not saying age. I actually, I, I know students that I've had that were terrible at school and they, they're like six figure uh, sneakerheads and they make a killing right and so that's possible but make sure you you vet everything make sure you know you actually are aware of like maybe you could like i said do you find their store or maybe uh you know you take a look at okay what are they selling right and this leads to my next point here and the idea of sometimes those gurus don't give you all the details because they want you to buy the course and they they kind of like they they put a, a the paywall and and they just show you like, hey, I went into the store and I picked up all these items and I made all this money. And you're like, wow, like, that's crazy. I, I really want to do this. And you go to their link and, and you see their course and their course is some outrageous amount and you pay it. And then they give you all the details. But then when you start going through the details, you realize you can't do this. Mm. Right. It's either, you know, you need a ton of money, like private labels, one of those where there's all these videos about it's really easy to do private label. But I, I think the average uh, cost for most people when they go private label is at the very lower end, 5,000 uh, to 20,000. And even then it's a major risk, right? So they don't talk about the risk. They don't talk about, you know, for example, I, I'll give you a, a really easy one. Uh, there was these individuals I saw, they were going to Costco and they're they're picking up some food item and their margins were like hey we're gonna make three dollars a piece and so we're gonna pick up a hundred of these and just from these hundred we're gonna end up making uh three hundred dollars net profit well they never mentioned the time that they're gonna spend putting the item together and shipping out to fba they never mentioned the fact of how much it's gonna actually cost 
right? So let's say on each item is going to be a dollar. So now they're down to two dollars net profit on each item. They never mentioned that. Well, if Amazon gets on the listing, you are destroyed. You will lose all that money. And then what if there's a bunch of individuals that get on that listing? Or you're you dealing lose with that returns. Money? And you're dealing with yeah. So or, or you get gated out of nowhere. I mean, it happens on eBay too, right? You get vetoed on stuff. You just you just need to be really careful when listening to those individuals. You know, sometimes it's it's the slow and steady, it's slow and steady that allows you to scale yeah. and become better. Yeah, one of the things that I think is just important to know is it's all free. It's all free. All the information that you need to know about how to be successful in pretty much anything. Now there are certain categories in in life where if you want top tier information, or maybe you need information that's in a book and it was like a really rare book and you're gonna have to pay money for it. Okay. But most of the stuff, especially when it comes to something like reselling, I even think about like, okay, videography, people used to pay tens of thousands of dollars to go to videography school. And it's like, now you can get all that stuff on YouTube free, all of it, mm. all of it. And then even still, some of those people are like, then try and sell the course. The only thing that paying a course can potentially do is potentially, if you get the right course, the right people, it could shorten the amount of time that mm -hmm. you're spending mm -hmm. sifting through information. But it's really all free. Like if you wanted to learn and become an expert in pretty much anything, you just go onto YouTube, you go onto the the Facebook forums or the Facebook groups, you go onto the Reddit forums, you go onto and you just spend the time digging through and listening to the podcast and watching the YouTube and all the stuff that's free, just the stuff that's free. And you're gonna know it. You're gonna learn it all. Now it's possible that you can spend, you know, eight hundred dollars and take what would take a year to learn and you learn it in a month. Okay. So maybe that's worth the eight hundred dollars. Um there you go. But a lot of times learning slowly is the better way to go anyways, because you can only do so much at, at mm -hmm. a time, kind of learning the process and all of that. So it's all free. And so be very careful with what people offer. Like, for instance, because um, we're always going to have a couple of haters who are going to be like, but you guys have your Discord and you have your Patreon. Our Patreon is to support the podcast for the stuff that we are putting out for free. We have our Discord, which is the thank you for the patron. And there, I, I feel like people get tons of value out of it for sure. Oh, for five fifty five. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's crazy Jeez. the amount of like tips and tricks and all those crazy. things for sure. But again, all of that stuff you you potentially could find somewhere else. It's just like it's all being like condensed into one place. Like you could go onto Instagram and and start posting on a bunch of reseller stuff, or go onto YouTube videos and asking questions, or wait until you find your answer and get all of the information for free. Uh, but it's nice when you can just like, hey, post a quick question. Someone's like, oh, I know about Pokemon cards and they answer it and you're good to go. Or, oh, here's how you would ship this. Or, yeah, I had that same problem on Mercari. Or, so it's nice to have that community. The nice thing that really the only thing that isn't free is community. That that That's the thing that like it's going to take work. It's going to take some time, whether it's meeting up with people in real life or spending time on a, a Google. I mean, even or not Google, like a Facebook group it, it, that might be free. Um, but but that's one of the things that like something like a group. So like if you join like a mastermind group for reselling, you might be getting value out of the fact that like, Hey, I'm going to be around some like-minded people who are like entrepreneurial and they want to like, they're going to push me and they're going to point out my flaws and they're going to help me fix my store. And to me, that's worth spending the money, even though I know I could do all this on my own. Like, so there, there may be even from gurus, like I said, like there are times when, when I will listen to some of the, the goofy guru stuff, just cause it's like, I know this stuff is cheesy. I know the get up early. I know, I know all those things. But sometimes it's just nice to like, you, you get that like almost kick in the butt of like, get out there, get going. It's like, yeah, all right, I got this. And so if you need that, great. But just know that like, there's nothing that any of these people are offering that's the magic. And that's a lot of times what they're selling. Like, I've got the magic. I've got the magic. If you pay this much, it's the secret that you'll never find anywhere else. But you get into my group and you're going to learn it. Eh, let's be honest that they don't have the secret that nobody else has. Yeah. And I, I want to pivot that into the idea that, 
no one has the exact same circumstance, right? You might have similar circumstances, but we all have our, our different kind of uh, scenarios that we encounter on a daily basis, right? Some people, you know, they, they're single, they're living in their parents' basement, and they can take wild risks, right? I mean, what I would do if, if I had wealthy parents and I could just like live in their basement in my early 20s and do reselling, oh my goodness, I would buy all kinds of crazy stuff and take major risks, right? But now, right, I, I'm, I'm a single dad, I have two kids. And, you know, if, if things go under for me, they go under for everyone. And so I can't take those wild risks. Right. I can't I can't go out there and source, you know, eight to 10 hours every single day. I can't go out there and, you know, drop, you know, 50K, you know, on one purchase like and, and I have in the past. Don't get me wrong. If the purchase is right, I'll do it. But I can't do it. And, and neither can many of you. Right. You, you'll see people and you'll get discouraged and you'll go like, Wow, it's it's wild. Like they they end up, you know, they list, you know, a hundred items a day, and you know they end up having, you know, two hundred items to pack and ship every day, and and you know, but well, are you looking at everything? Are you realizing that you know, you know, chances are they're probably married. Chances are they have employees. Chances are that maybe some of those employees are even family members. Uh, chances are that they live in in a state where the cost of living is cheaper. Like there's a lot of factors that play a role. And so be careful who you listen to, because, you know, a lot of people, you know, will go like, oh, hey, you know, if this person can do it, you know, and they're making, you know, on six figures, they have a nice house and they have their Bugatti, whatever, they have everything set up. Well, that's great because, you know, here in California, what I pay for rent is sometimes, you know, three to four times what somebody else is paying for rent in another part of the country. So make sure you understand that not all circumstances are the same. So you really need to be careful in who you're listening to. Do you want to add that a little bit? No, I think that's good. And, and yeah, the other, I mean, you, you, you touched a lot on like the the people who are like on the low end. We talked about Gary Vee as the other example. Like it's really hard to look at Gary Vee's example of reselling as like, here's an example of how to resell. Because yeah, when you're a person who's got got it all, it, it's easy. Yeah, you could either take different risks. Um, you or like we talked about earlier, the the YouTubers who are making their money off of the videos. So their circumstances look different. Again, like thinking of the the did you mention Andrew Tate? Did you like? No, not I that did. I want like say his name. But are, are we good? Oh, the, we're, no, gonna, we're gonna get shadow banned. No. Now. So the I'm point I'm trying to make time. is like so the uh, so like his group that a bunch of people join. Like I, I think that that's like one of the, the things. Cobra is, like, group. So like all of the like a lot of young guys and a lot of young people join this group and like I feel like a lot of the people who are like on TikTok like doing the like look what I'm selling, look what I'm doing yeah, this, yeah. like join my group. It's like it's information they got from like that type of thing, like how to sell a mm -hmm, course. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, like when you're looking at people who they're, there's they're thousands their purpose, like what they're trying to do is different than, than yours. So yeah, if you're, if you're trying to pay the bills, you know, looking at the way a multimillionaire is reselling, or like you said, a kid with no responsibility, it, it's tough. Um, but again, like you can't discredit the fact that sometimes even they have information that can be useful. Like, Hey, I didn't know about that brand or I didn't yeah, know about agreed. that. Um, you know, so, so take, take information where you can recognize most of it's all free. You could probably get it, you know, another way you don't usually have to pay for it and just filter all of the information you're getting. Like we talked about earlier, uh, through the lens of just the more information you have, knowing what their, what their purpose and motives behind the content they're creating, or even some of the factors behind some of the things they're creating will help you to better analyze it and say like, yeah, this was good information or, eh, yeah, actually I see that this information is probably more about clickbait than it was anything I'm going to get useful and don't waste your time. That's because that's the one resource. You can always get more money. You can always learn more stuff. You can't get more time back. So 
you want to find the people who are going to value, you're going to get the most value out of. So stay away from the negative people, try and stay away from the gurus, uh, recognize the fact that a lot of the social media and YouTube people, a lot of times they have a, a slant or reason for what they're doing. And it's not always that they have the best information, but if they do have good information, glean from it, get as much as you can. Uh, and yeah. Remember, we all, what we said in this episode is not do not listen to these people. We said be careful, be careful who you listen to. And with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling late. Peace.